Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I've got Prophet Leslie beside me, and she's going to be telling you about her new book, The Snake in the House. So who is Prophet Leslie Johnson? Well, the most important... The most important part of Why do you always laugh at this part? (laughs) She is my wife. Ordained in the Office of Prophets since uh, the year 2000. She was trained by major prophets over 2,000 years of training before three recognized prophets of God and an apostle all appointed and anointed her as an in-the-office prophet. She is co-founder of Power of Jesus Crusades and Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, founder of the Perfect Touch Women's Conferences, and co-pastor of Spirit of Prophecy Church, conducted over 50 School of the Prophets. She ministers and demonstrates the power of Jesus in healing, as well as operating in the powerful anointing as a recognized prophet, given over 5,000 prophecies. Leslie's greatest desire is to help the saints of God to be trained and equipped for ministry. She is the author of seven books, The Perfect Touch, Crown of Glory, Help Me, I'm All Tied Up, More Than a Ruby, What It Takes to Be a Prophet, Sevenfold Miracle Crusade Manual, and School of the Prophets. And then the newest one she's going to be talking about it tonight is The Snake in the House. Welcome, Prophet Leslie Johnson. Hey, thank you. Okay, so tell us about your new book, The Snake in the House. Why would you even come to write this book? Yeah, I am so excited that this book is out. Um, I don't know, five, six years ago, I think I did a DVD on the Kundalini spirit versus the Holy Spirit and the, the how that DVD came about, which then in, then now this book is I was teaching about the Holy Spirit to some some people that had signed up for my school, the prophets. And as we were doing this teaching, I thought, you know, I'm just going to go on the Internet and kind of look and see what other people teach on the Holy Spirit. And when I did, I clicked on. Holy Spirit, and as soon as I did, there was a, up on the screen came, Kundalini is the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what in the world, first of all, is Kundalini? And no, it's not. I mean, I, you know, it just, red flags everywhere went up inside of me. And so I began searching it out. And and the sad part is, is the very first video I clicked on about the Kundalini Spirit was a minister that was talking about that that the kundalini spirit is the holy spirit in the church and that we need to recognize it that it is part of the holy spirit you know and also part of the trinity and and i was so upset so i i think i came and well, talked and to you about let me also say it. the role of a prophet a major part of that is to be able to point out errors in the church yes i guess so and i definitely god has done that with me on not just this but this was the very first on the air of the church um DVDs that I've done, and there's a series of them, and you can you can go to, you know, the Prophecy Club website and find all the air in the churches that I've done the DVDs. But this like one's fifteen DVDs. Yeah, I think yes. so. It's like fifteen or so. So this one's specifically talking about the Kundalini, how it's just crept into the the house or the it's crept into the church, and has now you know because of ministers. And some of them, you know, I believe really started off right. They didn't start off with an impure heart. I'm not saying that at all. But unfortunately, you know, they were inviting other people into their ministry teams and, and they had the Kundalini spirit and then it's transferred, you know, when they lay hands on them, it transfers over to, uh, I call them victims because they're Christians, but they're victims because they don't know any better. They're letting this exciting, you know, feeling this mystical feeling which they don't maybe recognize it as mystical but it is this the sensation that comes on them that's so powerful so seductive and it's really a kundalini spirit i wonder if sometimes that happens because pastors 
are thinking, well, this is not working. We're not building a church, not enough people are coming in, and so we need to do something different. And so they search for something to draw the people in, thinking that, well, just the plain old good old gospel is just not working. It's not bringing people in. So then well, they search know, for and, this I and mean, find this. You know, I, I guess we could say, I mean, I'm sure that's happened sometimes. I mean, even like... um they have to have entertainment to go to church anymore to get people to come in. So right. there's, there. I'm sure that just trying to keep a church alive, I'm sure that ha- has happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was a minister that went around and he had this the spirit of laughter that came upon him and he transferred it to so many people. That's part of the Kundalini. And so then there's these other revivals that took place in Texas and Florida and and Canada and other places, I'm sure, in the world, but for sure those places, and they were operating in the kundalini. And so I talk about this, and yes, there's kundalini yoga, which is a big part of what the church is now being involved in. I mean, they even have yoga, you know, Christian yoga, they call it, Christian yoga coming to the church. Well, you can't put Christian and yoga in the same sentence. It's just like you can't put mysticism and Christian in the same sentence. They don't belong together. Um, and, you know, and I've, it was just, it was really, I was really distraught about this because I was seeing some very well known names out there, uh, when I did begin my study that were transferring the spirit. You could see videotapes of them. I mean, when you get my DVD, you see it. Um, transferring this Kundalini spirit, but it has, it's like a release of poison of false doctrines that come into the church. They've allowed it to come from the pulpit and then to be transferred to the other people. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm so strong and believe in the word that says, but no, that don't let the hands lay on you suddenly. No man lay hands on you suddenly because you got to check it out and you got to, just because it seems funny or it seems, um, again, this spirit's very seductive. So you, you feel very powerful, uh, with the Kundalini. Matter of fact, let me go back to where I was teaching, you know, my school, of the prophets. And one of the ladies that was in my school of prophets at the time, when I brought this to them and I confronted, I had five people at the time and I confronted all five of them. I said, we're watching this video and then we're casting this out of any of you. If you've been to such and such revival, uh, this is not welcome. These are big names. Well, this is people that I was training in my. No, but uh, I mean, big name revival. People. Yes. Big name revival people. Yes. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have gone to these places. And I mean, every time I do crusades, you know, I, people come up to me, cast this out of me because they've been. Right. They've, they've had hands laid on them and they received it. And and sometimes, you know, there's a mourning process that takes place because they don't want to let go of it because it's, it's a very powerful. They like the power. Yeah, they like, it's a very powerful um, spirit. But it's not God. But it's not God and it's not part of the Trinity. And so when I brought this and I confronted them, um, all but well, four of the, the ones that I was training, uh, one lady just would not let it go. She did not want to let go of the power. She didn't want to let go. Four of, let go, one didn't. Yes, because she she wanted to keep the power. She was afraid she'd have to start all over with, um, you know, understanding who the Holy Spirit was. And I said, yeah, but I would rather start all over and have the true Holy Spirit operating inside of me than this evil spirit that's a snake. I mean, it's the devil. I mean, it's a it coils up the spine and it's, you know, the 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 goal of it is death. 
but it makes the person feel so powerful. See, that's what I was going to say. See, a lot of these people want these demons. They like the demons. They like the power. They like the things that they do. But it's from the dark side. It's from the devil. It's from the dark side, and it will kill them. I mean, literally kill them uh, if they allow this kundalini spirit to become so awakened inside of them. Oh, is this rare, or is this actually in a lot of churches? It's happening in a lot of churches, Stan, that I'm finding out and just doing research. And I had to stop doing the research because I was getting so angry uh, (laughs) at, you know, some of these ministers out there. And we're talking big names. And, you know, if if you've been into, you know, one of these revivals where you saw people giggling and laughing so hysterically and shaking violently, um, thrashing their heads, jerking, or they call them them creos, you know, where they're like jerking as they walk like a chicken, um, maybe dragging their husband around by the tie and and the, the husband's barking like a dog and people are laughing at it. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He's a gentleman and he is true and he's loving and he's kind and he comforts us. He doesn't make us look like a fool. So if right. you go to something decently like that, yes, if things are done decently in order, that's huge in God's kingdom. And if you go to one of these, it might seem all so wonderful at the time, but if you'll think about it, wow, you know, you're right. I mean, that was, that was really destroying to my husband or that was destroying to my wife or she was slithering like a snake down the aisle. Um, you know, these kind of manifestations take place and they think it's great. Instead of casting it out, they're allowing it to be entered into the person. You know, they might be going to a church where there's gold dust falling down and feathers falling down. So by the way, um, angels don't have feathers. So, you know, just want <laughs> you to know. Gold dust. And there's no gold dust. I mean, this is all mysticism. Some say, you know, it's just that it's fake. They just have it come from the ceiling. They have somebody there throwing it out of, you know, and the banisters up at high. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's a lying sign of wonder. So this is all part of the Kundalini. This is all part of the deception. It's all part of the seductiveness of it. It's it's allowing now for Christians to get into studying yoga and practicing yoga and meditating, you know, blanking their minds is all part of the kundalini. And then, therefore, that snake can coil up the, the, the back and take over. And eventually, it's going to make them feel that they're so powerful that they become a god, a little small god. They become a god. And then eventually, if they stay in it, they will, it'll consume them and they will die. They'll lose their mind. I mean, that's really the goal of the devil is to lose your mind totally and turn it all over to him, to your, turn your whole being over to him. And if Christians would realize how destructive yoga is, not just kundalini yoga, but I mean yoga in its form, you are worshiping another god. You are worshiping a Hindu god or goddess. Those are... Those all those positions are to to bow to another God and God gives us our own positions to praise and worship him. And they're not the down dog and all those those other type of sun worship positions and the lotus positions and everything like that. You know, one time I'll tell you this fun fun story. I was um, in uh, I like to do water aerobics. And so after I got out of water aerobics, I like to go to the sauna and this particular day, I had seen this man before in there, but when I walked in, it was just this one guy, this one man, older gentleman in there. And then I walked in and I noticed he was sitting in the lotus position, but I didn't pay much attention. I was just worrying about getting my towel set down and everything. And all of a sudden I hear, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, 
what in the world? And so I look at him and his eyes are halfway closed, you know, that that little slither of an eye looking out and his fingers were touching and he was, you know, sitting in that lotus position and he was doing that, that chanting, the ohm sound. And so I thought, I'm just going to leave. I'm getting out of here. And then the thought occurred to me, no, if he's going to worship his God here and he's going to do it loudly in the sauna, then I'm going to start worshiping my God. So I started speaking in tongues. I started praying in tongues and I was doing it softly under my voice. And he kind of opened up his eyes like one eye a little bit, looked at me and he got louder. Um, he got louder. <laughs> Louder, so I got louder. So we have a contest of Yes, gods. we did. So I got louder, speaking in tongues and praising God and loving my Lord. And he got louder and I got louder. And pretty soon he jumps up off that bench and he runs out. I mean, he got that devil got out of there so fast it couldn't stay. And I thought, yeah, the, you know, this is kind of a little pun, but the heat was really turned up on him. <laughs> we were in the sauna. But, you know, the thing is, Stan, I never saw that man again. Hmm. Never saw him ever, ever after that. I mean, he ran out of that building and never came back. So, I mean, we have the, the power. We Jesus have name. the power. And so, but we have to want the truth. You know, the truth, people really misquote that scripture where it says that in John eight thirty two it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall, they say, set you free. But that's not the right words. It says that the truth will, shall make you free. Yeah. It's going to make you want to do what's right. Yes, you're set free, but it'll make you want to be set free. So don't just quote the scripture where that the truth will set you free. It's really it'll make you free. And we have to desire truth. I mean, there's so many times that that I want truth and you want truth, Stan. I know our hearts and and uh, in ministry, we want truth. And when, when we've made a mistake, we're quick to tell people, look, that was the wrong teaching. This is the right teaching. And we have to always stay teachable. If we don't, then we think way too highly of ourselves and we become prideful. And, and you know, as a body of Christ, we, we can't we can't do that. So we have to want truth. And when you when you really want that truth, it's not easy sometimes. And it's like eating some crow sometimes and humble pie sometimes. But you know, I, I pray that most people as Christians that you're going to want the truth. But I have found that most people, they don't like to be confronted with the truth. You know, that saying that true. the truth hurts. Well, it's it's true. Fine. And they want to stay in their demise. They want to stay with, you know, operating under a false. The flesh. You know, well, yeah, flesh or a false God that's consuming them and taking over them. Um, I did just get this book done. You know, it was just printed. Brand new. And it's brand new. And uh, the lady that edited the book for me, um, she sent me some information about a vice president. Um, yeah, this is the, the Democratic vice president nominee. We right. can't say the name because if we say the name, we know that they will pull it. But the point is, is that there's some meanings to this name. And I don't know that even now, if when I tell you some of the meanings of the name, if you can even find that now on, on the internet, because I think they've pulled some of it, but, but that name means uh destroyer of worlds, uh, death, destruction. That's what it means. And so I've even done some, a little bit of study, not as much as I, I'm wanting to right now, but before we did this, this program tonight and, this this name of this person is one of the Hindu goddesses, which is 
right up the line with the kundalini spirit. So that's what happens. It's like it's infiltrating like Hinduism and Buddhism and these other false religions into Christianity. And so when these pastors allow them to speak from the pulpit, guess what? That gives them authority there. You know, you don't just turn your pulpit over to someone that's different or different uh, minded than you or a different religion than you. I mean, I would never share our church with, Hindu God or, you know, preacher or whatever you call them, guru. I wouldn't do that um, because then we're mingling, you know, we're with the other religions and God, he warns against that. We're not supposed to do that. But this name um, is she's it's a goddess name and she was named after this goddess. As a matter of fact, I mean, her mom even says she's a part Indian from India and it's it's a goddess of time and death. It's a laughing goddess with four arms entwined with poisonous snakes in the hair. She has three red eyes, a wagging tongue, and fearful teeth. Her left foot is standing on a corpse. And so one of one of the things about this particular goddess, and you might say, oh, Liz, we don't have to be concerned about that. You have to understand, we are fighting something in the spiritual realm. And right now, there's a war going on between good and evil. I mean, I think Absolutely. everybody sees that. Uh, it'd be, be hard to find somebody that's not seeing that that line is being drawn right now. You know, we do need more time. We need, we need more time for this, this country. You know, please, please God, give us more time to, to repent and to turn things around for your good and to, you know, to build your kingdom. It means something. When we name name a child, it means something. It means something. And, and it's kind of like I met somebody one night, one time and, their name was Krishna. And I said, I would change my name so fast now. If my name was, if my parents named me Krishna, you bet I would be going down to the courthouse and saying, I'm changing my name. And I'd give myself a godly name. And they just laughed at me. I mean, I was serious. Wow. I was really serious because you're right. It does. It, it, it is, you know, the meanings of names are so, so important. Yeah. And we we have to be careful even what we we name our children. And I have the next book that I have is the that will be coming out hopefully here in September, maybe maybe first part of October is is revealing about the lie about the Shekinah glory. And I even know people that are naming their children Shekinah. They don't mm. understand because they haven't studied this or they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to realize or to tap on them their shoulders saying, hey, you know, something's wrong here. Right. Um, which is what that happens to me. And then I go to study and I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, I've heard people talk about Shekinah and I thought that was fine, but it's she kind of, and they're trying to say that's that the Trinity part of the Trinity was female, which is a lie. So it all comes from mysticism, but, but, but again, that's the role of a prophet right. to point out error in the church. But, you know, but getting back to, you know, the snake in the house, um, I was actually, I was praying about it one day and I said, you know, Lord, I don't really know what to name the book about the Kundalini spirit, but it is, you know, represents a snake, you know, just like the serpent. So, um, I knew I probably wanted to do something with the serpent and my son calls me or actually he sent me a picture first. Then he calls me, son, Sean, and it was a picture of a birdhouse and I could see kind of something like in the, the little hole, you know, where the bird goes in, like. What is that? So I zoomed in and it was the eye, snake eyeball. So that snake head was just 
waiting for its prey to Probably come in. The birdhouse, yeah, waiting, waiting for the bird to land. Waiting for the, yeah, waiting for the bird to land so it could consume it. And I thought that's exactly what this Kundalini spirit does. Because ministers have allowed it to come into their church, have allowed it to be transferred into their church. People are laughing, jerking, screaming, slithering, um, all kinds of gyrations and thinking it's the Holy Spirit. You know, falling back, all kinds of things. I mean, you know, we are a non-denominational church. We're charismatic. And I have, I've seen it. I know it. I've had it experience myself where I've gone slain in the spirit. That's, but it's not been, there's nothing like, like jerking all over the place or something like that. That, you know, you can tell the difference. And so I'm not saying I'm against that. I'm against the Kundalini acting as if, that's the Holy Spirit, and then it's okay. Um, you know, we if it comes into our church, we stop it real quick. Absolutely. And we get that person, either you can be delivered or you don't come back, one or the other. Well, one of the things that has given me such comfort over these, I don't know, what, 20-some-odd years of running churches is having you in there knowing that if there is anything wrong in the Spirit, you're going to smell it and sense it out and put a stop to it real quick. But again... See, the the prophet is the police officer of the church. The prophet is the one that is supposed to spot problems before it becomes a church split, okay? Let's nip it in the bud. As soon as that weed comes up, the prophet is there to say, hey, that's a weed. we got to pull it up. we got to get that out. So in a nutshell, somebody says, why should I get your book, Snake in the House? What's the reason? The reason is going to help them to see... If- um, what is entering into the churches and, you know, maybe they might want to leave and find another church. <laughs> I hate to say that, but they might, uh, they're going to be able to see and, and realize for themselves some truth that's going on. And hopefully they'll have eyes to see and ears to hear and their heart to know. And, you know, that maybe there's some churches that they're, that they're attending or they've going to that they're allowing the false religions in there. Not just Kundalini, but just the false religions to be coexisting together. Um, you know, right now, you know, the devil wants you to just kind of throw all the religions in one pot. I mean, to me, that's part of what's, you know, you know, that circle that you have, Stan, on Miss the Mark. Uh, right. You know, really, that's pantheism. It's like um, worshiping all gods. And I really believe that's part of the goal of the Antichrist is to get get us all so we just are so accepting and we are allowing all religions to come together under one roof and it shouldn't matter that we share our pulpits and things like that when 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 you give an authority figure um minister or the devil or gurus whatever if you give that authority that's what's in that church and if you if you turn out it's like you know the man is the head of the house right but if some other man tries to come in and take that position, then all of a sudden that position is is released to a different man. So you, it's the same thing in a house. I mean, the church house. You know, what are you, what is the what is the, who's the the role there? Who's the head there? And we want it to be a godly man or woman, of course. Yeah. But there's times that um, because it's turned over, and then they start. You know, people like it, maybe, and they start. Actually, a lot of the ministers are so tied up in 
consumed with this kundalini themselves and the power of it and the seductiveness of it that they're they're not willing to let it go either um it's exciting you know there's all kinds of things that happen but one thing that's not happening is they're not getting the word what they're I mean? not just a minute they're not getting the word of god delivered to them matter of fact i even heard one minister that is full of the um so much full of this kundalini and mysticism where the gold dust is falling and the feathers falling all that and the diamonds falling whatever such a lie that that he goes i don't have to preach the gospel here i don't have to do it i can just you know we just have the show going on mm. and i'm like are you serious and that but i just saw this on a youtube video not long ago it breaks my heart and the thing that breaks my heart is you know not so much to that minister as much as the lies and the deception and what they're doing to the people and how they're following a false God. And then when the real God comes around, they're not going to know who to believe. I mean, they're, they're going to, st- they're going to stay damned and they're on their way to hell. Mm. And my heart breaks for the body of Christ because they don't know better. They're following a shepherd. They're supposed to be following a shepherd and a leader and they're getting consumed and, they're believing such a lie and they're believing, you know, this, that we have to be entertained and all kinds of stuff and not knowing the word, not knowing the King James word, not, you know, thinking that the these and the vows are not important. And they are. I mean, there's power in the word. And if you take out the power of the word, if you take out the blood out of the word of God, you know, you, you are minimalizing God and so it really is teaching people to become their own God. You know, we have the emergent church coming. We have um, the new thought church coming in. We have, um, of course, coexistence, you know, any, anything that we're doing, anything that we can say, whatever your belief is, just come on in. Mm. You can worship and believe whatever you want to believe. You have the pulpit. Come in here as the merchant church does. Come in here and speak whatever you'd like on. Come in here and, and yeah, if you want to have those creos that, creos that happen and you want to jerk around and walk like a duck and quack like a duck, then you go ahead and do that. And we're going to let you just come in and do whatever you like. I mean, it's all flesh and it's also believing a lie and believing a false God. Okay. So if I'm hearing you right, what you're really saying is this whole Kundalini spirit thing actually can come into the church pretty easy. And I think I'm hearing you say that it's probably in a lot of churches out there. Am I right? I've seen, you know, in my studying for getting ready for the DVD that I did, and then, you know, for this book, um, yes, it's in a lot of churches. I know a lot. A lot of New Age beliefs are coming in, you know, even like worshiping rocks. And, you know, I mean, so much, don't, don't swat that fly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's become, to me, way overboard. I mean, like, they they put more emphasis on not killing that fly than they would the Lord. That that kind of thing. They've lost, or they, they have left their first love. Yes. Right? They've left the first love. Okay. Now, here's the deal. The book is called Snake in the House. Snake in the House, and we're offering it the same way we do Miss the Mark. And uh, the Daniel book and pre-trib, and that is one for 20, but again, don't do that. Instead, get 10 for 30 or 20 for 50. Why? 
because if you have got some of this kundalini spirit in you or in your church, probably one book is not going to fix it. You're probably going to have to have several books, one to get to your pastor, one to get to some of the, the especially, hopefully, the, the primary people in your church, get them reading it so that they can understand it. So one for 20, 10 for 30, one for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. It's called Snake in the House. One for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. The least favorite thing for Christians is a prayer meeting. Many people have been warned America is about to go into a storm capable of destroying our nation. This time, it's not enough to fast and pray separately. This time, we must assemble and pray. We're calling God's people to fast, pray, humble themselves, and seek God's face, asking God to forgive America's sin and heal our land. For once, American Christians must put aside our divisions and unite under Jesus' name for 48 hours, fast, pray for only one thing, our nation. Can American Christians put aside our divisions for 48 hours, fast, and pray? Go to watchmanstrumpet.com, but don't look for any denominations or famous names. They're not there. Spots are limited. Reserve your place. Look unto God. Come fast and pray together for 48 continuous hours. Then... Watch God begin to heal our land, or watch the devil tear it apart. Our choice. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com.